Vintage Radio. Roundup now brings you a Christmas special presented by myself, Kemal Horton, aided and abetted by my good wife, Caroline Wilson. This is the first part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 23rd of December 2020. more information about the show you can always contact me details are on my website kemelhorton.com k-e-m-a-l-h-o-u-g-h-t-o-n dot com and I'll be happy to hear from you Hello and welcome to Poetry Roundup with me, Kemal Horton, and it's today we're having our wonderful Christmas special. We have all sorts of things lined up, and what have we got? We've got uh, Caroline's been diving through the old anthologies and picking all sorts of stuff out from the anthologies, and we've got... uh, Lots of stuff from the archive, and people have been sending me in recordings, new recordings of poems. So I look forward to sharing those with you. And we are going to start today's show with Annie Lennox, with In a Bleak Midwinter.
within a bleak midwinter as i say we've got lots of stuff we want to start with a poem from the archive from michael c jones and then we've got a couple of poems that caroline's dug out of the old chester poets anthologies and other things as well that she's been rooting about at so we've got a poem from george horseman and one from sheila parry and then we've got something new from John Oldershaw, which he's sent me in. Uh, he's emailed to me, so here we go with our first section. Compliments of the season. Christmas mist, old father time, slippery roads, slush and black ice, children born to believe in Christ. Greetings, cards and people laugh, drink and chat and squeal and spark. Logs and fires and starlit eyes, snowflakes falling from shining skies. December writ large in the homes and the stores, old winter colours, streets, dreams and storms. Compliments of the season, drunk as a lord, the house fills with laughter, Christmas strikes a chord. Christmas Morning by George Horseman Deepened as snowdrift blankets this Christmas morning, as church bells holler to test the metal of frost-sinked air, in a swallow formation of gongs, here, moved by myths of salvation, redemption, peace, goodwill, I feel the elation of waking from snatched sleep in snow hole or perilous ledge at 20,000 feet, thinking the summits today, the soaring of one lodged on earth's uppermost ridge with icy triumph in grasp. But for now, Burring warm against toothed blizzard and landslide, I inwardly celebrate the unbearable myth no reason can uproot, finding this dream of truth, this fearful hope, enough. Child's Play by Sheila Parry from Poems from a Small Room In a dark corner of the public park, Stands the Christ figure, set in stone, isolated, alone, until the children came. They climbed his legs, hung from his arms, put leaves onto his wounded palms, and jammed their bread into the silent scream which was his mouth. When winter came, 
They brought a blanket, covered his cold shoulders, deeply cut from carrying a cross. They did not worship him, sing hymns or pray. They simply loved him, called him the man, gave him their laughter and their play. I've been bold enough to write a little sequence of poems called A Mother's Advent. In this we mark the different stages which lead towards the birth of a child. And after all, Advent and Christmas is about looking forward to and then celebrating the birth of a baby. A Mother's Advent Waiting cannot be hurried. Time has its own pace, flying or dragging its heels. So we wait. There's nothing else to do. Count down the weeks until we reach that date. Awaiting the arrival of someone we've grown to love, but yet we do not know. Actions fill the hours, knitting and sewing, cleaning and sorting. Tasks of the burden-bearers. Others pace with anxious looks, fixed faces, masking other emotions. The scan gives reality to the expectation in grainy white and black simplicity, heralding what is to be, energy perceived, gender revealed, a body preparing without knowledge for a future into which it will be pushed dangerously. The relatives want to be part of the show, buying the clothes, giving advice, showering the gifts you will certainly need, making the nesting place for the fledgling to live, shaping the context, the connection, an individual becoming part of the tribe. It cannot be any longer, carrying the bump, walking with a waddle. Now I'm ready to bring forth this child whose name I know, but that is all, apart from the strength of her kick and her burping. Does she already know me, the sound of my voice, a sense of my moods? Is she comfortable, surrounded by my body? It cannot be any longer. It is intensely private, a precious moment, despite technology's beeps and the presence of others, it is intensely private, this birth. Hopes unfurled, dreams unravelled, histories changed. Life now never the same. All humanity tangled in this moment, in this treasure. She will be passed from hand to hand till she knows the smell of where she belongs, before eyes even focus. It is intensely private, though others will claim it, this 
birth. Quiet now, just the two of us together. Visitors gone, how strewn with wrapping and wisdom. This is it, every cry a command, every gasp of breath an alarm. The cord was broken, but the bond remains. This forever, in hope, love and joy, sometimes peace. Well, that was John Oldershaw with uh, a new recording of his poem, A Mother's Advent, which was a collection of short poems uh, following um, through the birth of a child. And before that, we had Caroline Wilson reading from previous anthologies with a poem from Sheila Parry, Child's Play, and George Horseman, Christmas Morning. And we started that sequence with Michael C. Jones and Compliments of the Season. We move on. Here is, from her album In Winter, Katie Mellower. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear. Savior's birth Long lay the world In sin and error Pining Till he appeared And the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoiced for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees for hear the angel voices on Oh 
Katie Mellower with Oh Holy Night from her rather wonderful In Winter CD. Uh, great for this time of year. Not so good in August, but great for this time of year. We have another selection of poetry coming at you now from uh, Caroline Wilson, who will be reading John Clifford's Rain at Christmas. And one of our regular listeners, Evan Jones, has sent a poem in A Visitor. So, Evan, it's coming up soon. And uh, we've got two more poems then that Caroline's reading, one from George Horseman and one from Alan Lewis Evans, which she will introduce as we go. Here she is. Rain at Christmas by John Clifford from Snow Voices Rain on Christmas morning A soft drizzle moistening in the street That did not concern us We were turned in towards a Christmas for two people Busy with complex, unfamiliar cooking And listening together to the wireless We took no heed of changes in the day the wind rising, the rain beating hard. We, for once, were safe, together, warm, with a strong roof and a good fire, whatever happened to the world outside. The windows streamed with driven rain, the day faded aimlessly to dusk. We switched the lights on, closed the blinds, the world withdrew, and became only a patter on the glass, the wind in the trees. And yet the dark drew me, away from love, away from light and warmth and house room, and I was half with you and half apart, walking with the wild feet of the wind, drifting through the night with the cold rain. Forty years on, I have half forgotten what we did that tucked-in Christmas day, but until I die, I will remember the tapping fingers of the rain. The Visitor by Evan Jones Today, a cold morning in winter, a robin came hopping to my door, shivering, Head on one side, he cheeped. What do you want, little fellow? The spread and seed out there, a fat ball and clean water. Go on, hop it. He cheeped again, head still on one side, pleading with his eyes. I opened the door, he hopped in over the threshold bold as anything. He came closer and closer, pleading with his eyes. And then I knew what he craved, more than bread and clean water. Warmth, company, love, what we all long for. Christmas Eve by George Horseman At nine it was time for bed to claim Faye and young sister Joy and, setting aside Colonel Mustard and his dastardly deed in the library with the lead piping, I said, Better douse down the fire. It would be hard on Santa to leave it burning. 
And so there, near the cooling ash, we laid out food for our guest, who would come when we had passed into magical, blessed dreams of the old year turning to future better things. And with the girls in faraway deep-sea slumber, I ate Santa's cake slice and plum, and left a bite in the carrot where the reindeer could be seen to have had his share, only distressed that Faye, now seven, might guess how far truth and magic part. Mary and Joseph in Spa by Allard Lewis Evans from Unheard Mary and Joseph are down in Spa eight till late, warming a cheeseburger in the microwave of the moment. Bus strikers are in their makeshift cave by the picket fire of their resolve, eavesdropping for a sign tonight, seeking a flourish in the heavens. You'd expect that dream factory of a television studio to offer something this lonely night. But they are far too busy massaging their egos in the emptiness of mirrors. There is nothing newsworthy anymore in Mary and Joseph's plight in Spa. If only someone would look at the couple and the newly born baby in the mother's arms. Yes. Great to hear Evan's voice on the radio. I've been wanting to get him up here on the radio for a long time. And, uh, well, he can't come to us at the moment, so we must go to him. And uh, we can go to a lot of people, actually, or you can come to us by sending in your emails, as Evan has done, with an MP3 attached with you reading your poem. Just email me, and I'll give you details of how you can find me. You can find me on my website. That's easy to do. What I want to do today is play some things about a quite traditional Christmas, things you'd normally associate with Christmas, and some things that are a bit different. Tom Waits has got something a bit different for us now. This is a Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. Dancing 
to get a different perspective on different people's Christmases and uh, we now have a collection of poets reading their own poems and we're going to start with Caroline with her poem A Christmas Wish in Seven Verses and that'll be followed by Mark Jones otherwise known as the homeless poet who we first came across when he was living here in the YMCA uh, by the time he came to record his show with us, he had actually got a flat and was moving on. But his poem is about the joy of having a roast dinner after years of well, not, have, not having access to such things and living on the streets, or in his case, he had a tent in the park at one time. And um, Mark Jones is followed by Michael C. Jones again uh, with his poem On a December Night. And we finish this sequence with David Subaki and All I Want for Christmas. So, to start off, here is Caroline Wilson with her own poem. A Christmas Wish in Seven Verses 
by Caroline Wilson. All you politicians who think that you know best, please listen very carefully and sort out this big mess. Do away with food banks and give our families hope. No more fear of hunger, a valid means to cope. End universal credit and endless forms to fill. Provide a steady income for those who are frail or ill. Take away the stigma of sleeping on the street, begging for subsistence, a life full of defeat. Give our young the prospect of their needs being met instead of mental illness, joblessness and debt. Look out for our elders, give them better care. Don't rob them of their savings. It really isn't fair. If this all sounds like fantasy and pie up in the sky, a fairer world is in our grasp. This new year, let's all try. Roast dinner. Just had a roast. Well better than having toast. Spuds, veg and pork. Every last bit picked up with my fork. Mash, bubble and squeak and gravy. Oh my God, it tastes so good, baby. Empty plates and a full belly. Top button undone, relax and watch telly. Let me know when you're cooking again. I will get there. Even if I have to bunk the train. I feel like such a winner now I've had a hot roast dinner. On a December night. On a December night, the rooftops white, the snowman knocks, the children shiver. Mystery surrounds this evening's winter. The storm clouds shout in the wind and the dark, and the breeze blows home as the alleys fill with stars. The scarecrow shakes the rain from his coat, the raven plays so dead at our feet. The country calls, down comes the sleet. The streams become like sheets of glass, the streets are cold in the pale evening light. The sky's like ice on a white winter's night. All I want for Christmas is super-fast Wi-Fi, a big token for the bookshop and no more rock stars to die. Up to date with all repayments, the central heating working, no falls on icy pavements. May I have lots of private messages and greetings on social networks, but no burst pipes or blockages. I'd like easy-to-pull crackers and the fixed low-cost mortgage, not one of those trackers. No headaches or hangovers or any kind of poor health, no silly hats and pullovers. All I want for Christmas is a bit of peace. If only you could wrap it up, if only you could buy it.
Well, that was film, Phil Spector's Christmas album, and it was The Crystals with Parade of the Wooden Soldiers. And before that, you heard, in reverse order, David Subaki with All I Want for Christmas, Michael C. Jones with On a December Night, Mark Jones, a.k.a. The Homeless Poet, talking about the joy of a roast dinner, and then we had, or before that, we had Caroline Wilson with her own poem, A Christmas Wish in Seven Verses. I've got something new for you, something we've not done before. And this came out of, um, if you like, it's the outtakes from the video we did for First Thursday, the December special. I ended up doing a lot of research for this, and I that didn't fit in the video. And then it struck me that we could have a featured poem as an occasional thing on vintage radio so here is the very first featured poem and it is robert louis stevenson's christmas at sea so he is he is me for this christmas edition of poetry roundup we bring you a featured poem christmas at sea by robert louis stevenson the 13th of November 2020 marked 170 years since the birth of Robert Louis Stevenson. He was born in Edinburgh in 1850 to Thomas and Margaret Stevenson. Thomas was the son of the civil engineer and lighthouse builder Robert Stevenson. Thomas, along with his brothers Alan and David, all joined the family business. Not only were they responsible for building lighthouses, but their designs and building methods would influence lighthouses throughout the world. So when Robert Louis writes about the sea and being shipwrecked as in Treasure Island and kidnapped, or in our chosen poem, Christmas at Sea, he has some knowledge of what he is talking about. Robert's parents were Presbyterians, his maternal grandfather, Louis Balfour, was a minister in the Church of Scotland. These were things he moved away from, and at 19 he declared himself both an atheist and a socialist. His father was devastated, saying, You have rendered my whole life a failure. His mother said that it was the heaviest affliction that had ever befallen her. Stevenson himself wrote, O oh Lord, what a pleasant thing it is to have just damned the happiness of probably the only two people who care a damn about you in the world. Despite suffering from chest conditions all his life, Robert Louis became a seasoned traveller. Journeying in France in 1876, he met Fanny van de Grift, who was separated from her then-husband, and travelling with their two children. Robert returned to Britain after their first meeting, but wrote the essay on falling in love for the Cornhill magazine. They met again and became lovers the following year. She then returned to San Francisco, while Robert continued his walks around Europe that formed the basis of Travels with a Donkey in the Cévennes, published in 1879. That year he set off to join Fanny in America. He steamed across the Atlantic second class, not just to save money, but also to gain the experience. 
However, his health suffered and he had difficulty crossing the United States. When his father learned that he was running out of money, he wired him further funds, thus proving that the relationship was not entirely broken. He caught up with Fanny and they were married in 1880. After some travels in America, the couple returned to Britain where they were met in Liverpool by Robert's parents. Fanny was gradually able to patch up the relationship between father and son, not that they hung about for long. The new family continued to travel, crisscrossing the Atlantic and visiting Europe. In 1888, they chartered the yacht Casso and set sail from San Francisco to Hawaii and all points beyond. They explored the islands of the South Seas and spent time in New Zealand and Australia. In December 1889, they arrived at the Solomon Islands, where they decided to settle. Sadly, on the 3rd of December 1894, at the age of just 44, he died in his home on the island. This was a man who had weathered many storms. But the storm in the poem is not just one of wind and rain. It is the sea of faith that we are familiar with from other Victorian poets, as in Matthew Arnold's Dover Beach or Arthur Hugh Clough's Say Not the Struggle Nought Availeth. This sea is a storm that threatens to destroy everything. The poem's narrator is all at sea in every sense. It is a poem of separation keenly felt, especially at Christmas. It is an unusually secular Christmas poem, although not surprisingly so, given the background I have just outlined. Looking towards the land, we see the light of the Coast Guard's cottage shining out to sea, just like that in the towers of the other famous Stevensons. Christmas at sea. The sheets were frozen hard and they cut the naked hand. The decks were like a slide where a seaman scarce could stand. The wind was a nor'wester blowing squally off the sea and cliffs and spouting breakers were the only things alien. They heard the surfer roaring before the break of day but was only with the peep of light we saw how ill we lay. We tumbled every hand on deck instanter with a shout, and we gave her the main topsail and stood by to go about. All day we tacked and tacked between the south head and the north. All day we hauled the frozen sheets and got no further forth. All day as cold as charity, in bitter pain and dread, for very life and nature we tacked from head to head. We gave the south a wider berth, for the tide race roared, but every tack we made we brought the north head close abroad. So as we saw the cliffs and houses and the breakers running high, and the coast guard in his garden with his glass against his eye. The frost was on the village roofs as white as ocean foam, the good red fires were burning bright in every longshore home. The windows sparkled clear, and the chimneys volleyed out, 
and I vow we sniffed the victuals as the vessel went about. The bells upon the church were rung with a mighty jovial cheer, for it's just that I should tell you how, of all days in the year, this day of our adversity was blessed Christmas morn, and the house above the coast guards was the house where I was born. Oh, well I saw the pleasant room, the pleasant faces there, my mother's silver spectacles, my father's silver hair. And well I saw the firelight, like a flight of homely elves, go dancing round the china plates that stand upon the shelves. And well I knew the talk they had, the talk that was of me, of the shadow on the household, and the sun that went to sea. And oh, the wicked fool I seemed in every kind of way to be here and hauling frozen ropes on blessed Christmas Day. They lit the high sea light and the dark began to fall. All hands to loose top gallant sails, I heard the captain call. My lord, she'll never stand it, our first mate Jackson cried. It's the one way or the other, Mr. Jackson, he replied. She staggered to her bearings, but the sails were new and good, and the ship smelt up to windward, just as though she understood. As the winter's day was ending, in the entry of the night, we cleared the weary headland and passed below the light. And they heaved a mighty breath, every soul on board but me. As they saw her nose again pointing handsome out to sea, but all that I could think of in the darkness and the cold was just that I was leaving home and my folks were growing old. On a final note, Robert Louis did become reconciled with his family despite their differences of opinion. Forget 
has gone away Well, come on, Mary, don't you look so glowing Bold valuable Riley Come white stocking day, you'll be drinking That was Esther Smith with Bold Riley, taken from the CD Across the Western Ocean. And rather wonderful, I thought that was. And uh, before that, of course, you heard me reading Robert Louis Stevenson's Christmas at Sea. And, uh, ooh, 2017 it was. We had John Howe as our guest poet. And uh, of the poems that he read, there was this one, which is God and Father Christmas. So uh, this is called God and Father Christmas. Ma said I was in big trouble because Father Christmas watches every move and that I was surely going to get a sack full of cinders just because Mrs Green said I'd closed her open front door from the outside but Ma got really narky just because Mrs Jones happened to mention that I'd thrown a riprap up her lobby before I shut the door and that she was getting the coppers involved. Ma said I was in big trouble cause God watches every move and that I was surely headed for hell just cause Mrs Field said I'd been too rough playing tick with her lad Dave but Ma got really narky just cause Mrs Field happened to mention that we'd been playing tick with tennis rackets and Dave needed three stitches and that I'd broken the bat on his head. Ma said I was in big trouble cause God watches every move and that I was surely headed for hell just cause Mrs Jones said I'd been playing knock and run but Ma got really narky just cause Mrs Jones happened to mention that I'd knocked on her door with me claw hammer and the build to fix the damage was on its way. Ma said I was in big trouble cause Father Christmas watches every move and that I was surely getting a sack full of cinders just cause Mrs Williams complained that I'd lit a candle on her hydrender bush but Ma got really narky just cause Mrs Williams happened to mention that I'd poured a full can of lighter fuel first and she'd had to get the fire brigade out but boy damn Moses didn't half work well Ma said I was in big trouble cause God watches every move and that I was surely headed for hell and Ma was not one for sparing the rod and oh boy what she was going to do to me if she ever got fast enough to catch me but boys just have to be boys and Ma one day maybe I will wash my hands after I've used the bog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ma said I was in big trouble, cos Father Christmas watches every move, and that I was surely getting a sack full of cinders. Anyway, I'm going to take them cinders with me to hell, cos old Nick might give me a few bob for them, so he can burn them on his infernal fires. But what do I care, cos God and Father Christmas have always had it in for me, anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, John Howe there with God and Father Christmas. A uh, few people have been sending me poems in. Uh, Annie Yates just got there in time. You've just got there in time, Annie, but we've got your poem coming up next, which is Ring the Christmas Bells. Then we have Caroline again reading uh, from George Horseman's collections. Here they are. I wrote the poem Ring the Christmas Bells some years ago while on holiday in Devon. But there is a part of it that talks of the tardiness of summer that I thought would be quite befitting for this Christmas. Ring the Christmas Bells Ring the Christmas Bells while in the shallows of my mind I think of lemons pierced with cloves on tables of summer wine of salad days, honey maize, bees and house martins begging to leave before the autumn's dawn as we mourn our loss, this tardiness of summer. Ring the Christmas bells in chasms by the sea as the day moon swells its belly and winter begets me not, forgets me not while hollyhocks long dead knock on the wreathed door sure that summer will return as the new year turns and yearns for a past gone by with a cup shared for the sake of old lang syne. Ring the Christmas bells and I will bring the Easter tide all high and mighty with flooding excitement of blooming great flowers and tireless green trees that brings me the summer on a warm sultry breeze full of luscious fruit and haymakers dreams wakening to autumn where sleep befalls while dragging in winter on soft wood fires that turn to frost on starlit nights as bright as tinsel that hark the herald with tales of Santa, a new child born, mistletoe and Christmas trees, welcoming a new dawn, and ring the Christmas bells. Pied Piper of Hamleys by George Horseman A rainbow army of puppets but drilled in violence, action man with his barrel trunk and biceps fit to uproot sequoias. The Terminator putting not paid but cancelled to all opposing debt. Guys of the Golden West, white hats, white horses and white at heart, yet always force is their first quick draw, what they are reflex at. Love, not exactly, more gloss sex lavished on infant girls to varnish their snowdrop days with nightshade purchases, the belladonna atropa of nurseries. And the pets... Aren't they cuddly fun? Stegosaur, maybe, with his triple tusk. The beast from a thousand fathoms crawling ashore in the shudder of dusk, hungry for tasty boys. Ape-men hordes and the empire's elephants, their sahibs haldar-born, conquering with topi, Bible and Maxim gun. Their later onslaughts, enthroned or shadowed by the shattering squadrons of Chopper, Chinook, Spaceship or lurching Sherman. I would gather this patchwork circus together, a white Christmas crooned on caravanserai 
and lead it to some mountainside to tunnel there. What would be left? Only the infancy I once knew, with my three Christmas toys. One, a wooden boat my father planed, the sail stitched by my mum. Second, radio fun. And third beside them, loved as soon as known, a parcel spied in some high unreachable spot, then past imagining, and now forgot. Is Caroline Wilson reading George Horseman's The Pied Piper of Hamleys. Before that, you heard Annie Yates with her poem Ring the Christmas Bells. You have been listening to a poetry roundup. Christmas special here on Vintage Radio. This has been the first part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 23rd of December 2020. Don't forget to get in touch if you want to contribute to the show. My contact details are all on my website. And uh, I'll be happy to hear from you. Radio.
Poetry Roundup now present a Christmas special. This is the second part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 23rd of December 2020. Well, we've got all sorts of goodies in today's show. We've got stuff that people have sent in on MP3s and the like. We've got some stuff out the archive. And Caroline Wilson's been rooting through old anthologies, digging out Christmas poems from near and far, uh, recent and long ago. We have our usual eclectic mix of music. So there should be something for everyone. So we are going to start today's show with a poem that's been sent in by Eva Marchinovska. And uh, it is Christmas in the UK. And that will be followed by Caroline reading Philip Higson's A Yuletide Jubilation. Here's Eva. My name is Eva Marcinkowska and I wrote this poem in 2010 inspired by amazing choice of Christmas cards which I have never seen before in my life. Christmas in the UK. It would be nice to get inspired and write a poem for Christmas. I don't think I will have time for this fanaberry. Busy with Christmas parties, lunches and dinners. Uh, with so important Christmas shopping. Bombarded with Christmas puddings and mince pies. Soaked in mulled wine. I am going with an endless flow of Christmas cards. For a fiancé and for a husband. For a wonderful grandma and the best mother-in-law. For my dearest brother amazing sister for sister's boyfriend and sister's boyfriend dad for a special friend and mysterious someone special for the cook thief his wife and her lover for my neighbor's dog for fabulous cat and gorgeous goldfish i hope i haven't missed anyone by the way I have bought a card for my mum's cat. Am I changing into British? I have no time for inspiration. I wish I had more time to watch more Christmas adverts on TV. I need to book my Christmas hair appointment, put the tree up, get brand new Christmas decorations. It's a hectic time of the year. In overcrowded shops, the Christmas songs allure and hypnotize. Buy more. Buy more. May this lovely tune soften your heart and open your wallet. Buy more. In the midst of all of that, I do wonder who still knows what the word Advent stands for beyond giving its name to a chocolate calendar. 
can we still see there is the word Christ in the word Christmas, which we comfortably shorten to X letter? I think I'm going to vote for a new card. Sorry, I have just missed the meaning of Christmas. A Yuletide Jubilation by Philip Higson from Snow Voices The money changers have us by the throat. Jesus once flayed their hides, but they are back. We have run out of radical attack, and Christmas is a ritual learnt by rote. While couch potatoes stuff themselves and bloat, slick salesmen stretch our credit on the rack. The money changers have us by the throat. Jesus once flayed their hides, but they are back. With communism dead, the West may gloat, or those who now exploit us free of flack. The future of our globe is looking black, and though they tell us not to rock the boat, the money changers have us by the throat. Faces of the children, they get so excited Waking up on Christmas morning, hours before the winter sun's ignited They believe in dreams and all they mean, including heaven's generosity Peeping round the door to see what parcels offer free and curiosity
That was Christmas from the Who's rock opera Tommy, as performed by Anne Margaret and Oliver Reed, amongst others, from the film. Before that, you heard Caroline Wilson reading Philip Higson's A Yuletide Jubilation. And that was preceded by Eva Martinovska, who read Christmas in the UK. Eva lives in the UK, but uh, was originally from Poland, as you could probably tell by her accent. And uh, we wish her and all our listeners in Poland a Merry Christmas. Next we have one of our own Christmas classics. This is Pam Moyle with those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. Those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. Those Christmas Eve blues are here again and every year they cause me pain. I gave my doctor a good description but he said, listen, there's no prescription for those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. My old man's gone down to the pub. Kids are starting to play me up. They've all refused to go to bed. Oh, how I really, really dread those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. The Christmas cake I've tried to ice, it hasn't turned out very nice. The Christmas tree won't stand up straight. Oh, how I really, really hate those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. The time has come to stuff the turkey. His inside feels so cold and murky. He's lost his head and looks so sad, so now I'm feeling really bad with those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. Yes, I have got those Christmas Eve blues so very bad I've turned to booze and drunk the sherry bought for the trifle just to try to help me stifle those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. My mind's starting to feel quite hazy. In fact, I think I'm going crazy. My mother-in-law's expected soon and I'll be singing that dreadful tune, those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. Well, now she's knocking at my door, the dog and I are on the floor. He's just sicked up tomorrow's mince pies. Here's hoping she will sympathise with those overworked housewife Christmas Eve blues. The streets are white with snow The happy crowds are mingling But there's no one that I know I'm sure that you'll forgive me If I don't enthuse I guess I got the Christmas blues I've done my window shopping There's not a store I miss but what's the use of stopping When there's no one on your list You'll know the way I'm feeling When you love and you lose I guess I got the Christmas blues When somebody wants you Somebody needs you Christmas is a joy of joys But friends, when you're lonely You'll find that 
girls And little boys May all your days be merry Hail seasons full of cheer But till it's January I'll just go and disappear Oh Santa may have bought you Some stars for your shoes But Santa only brought me the Some stars for your shoes But Santa only bought me the blue Those brightly packaged tinsel colors Bob Dylan with Christmas Blues and before that we heard Pam Moyle with those overworked housewife Christmas Eve Blues and uh, I play that track especially for Pam because I know she's a wonderful Dylan fan so that's all for her and uh, next we go for another collection of poems this time from the First Thursday team the presenters at First Thursday Alan Gaunt, John Oldershaw and John Curry and starting with um, a poem from me This is the penultimate poem in my Red Squirrel pamphlet and being a Christmas poem I get a chance to read it once a year Doing the Cards I am become my mother Surrounded by heaps of cards and lists of names. A personal who's who and who is not. The faces time remembered, time forgot. People not spoken to in decades. A litany of broken promises to call. Accusingly, the lists begin to pour. As now the pages fill with scratchings out, Loved ones whose time will not return again. Next year I'll flick a switch, Print the addresses out, Then stamp each Christmas card with both our names. I'm offering my reading this evening for Pauline Wright, who some of you may not know by name, but she has been for a year or so collecting the money at the beginning of First Thursday and she died quite suddenly and tragically and um, I'm struggling to get over it. So this is in, all in memory of her. And my own poem that I'm reading, every, every Christmas I I uh, find a picture from somewhere and write a poem that goes with it for the Christmas card. And this one is based on uh, the statue, a metal statue which some of you may have seen in Birkenhead Park called High Hopes. 
this is only half of it because it's got the whole length of the mother holding up her child who's got his arms outstretched. And so this poem was written for the Christmas card and I, uh, I cannot write sentimental poems for Christmas. So this is the poem. The mother lifts her child towards the sky and holds him up as though he might take flight, completing all her highest hopes for him, fulfilling all her motherhood's delight. And as she holds him high above her head, he lifts and stretches his small arms out wide as though to give his blessing to her love and set his seal on her maternal pride. And might she see his arms stretched out again as though spread wide in anguish on a cross as she stands weeping, watching helplessly and grieves, bereft of hope, her dreadful loss. Suspicion, hatred, pride, kill innocence and tribal conflict builds dividing walls but though divided, some stretch out their arms and reach to answer love's neglected calls. They dare to hope for the impossible, the longed-for end of war and violence. They trust, as love's high hope is lifted up, the boundless power of helpless innocence. This is one of my poems. It was part of an Advent sequence, and this part is called Community Advent. The angels sing, the shepherds flock, the wise men journey, the innkeeper welcomes, the parents smile. Mary and Joseph hold hands. In our nativity play, there is no place for soldiers and tyrants, wheeler-dealers and bullies, no scene where the powerful massacre. All is safe in serious fun, and everyone has a part to play, if only behind masks of benign donkeys and camels. This rite of passage, a child's first nativity play, it echoes our family's stories, where grandparents sing, friends flock, families journey. We give the story our heart, sentimentality its power. Mary and Joseph hold hands. For my choice of poem, I've chosen one which I wrote fairly early on and then I found myself having to add um, lines because of the length of time that the lockdown has taken. Passing time. Through the spring, summer, autumn and winter, during this, the strangest of years, I am simply passing time. Walking south on an empty beach, waders' cries, plaintive, haunting trills echo across the vast expanse of the low-water estuary to the hills beyond, over to the west. Passing time, soft,
tide-soaked sand in waves. Seaweed, rack and broken shells crunch underfoot. Calm over a windless rock pool, a stillness passing time. Time will pass, sometimes more slowly than at other times, but it will pass, passing time. Another tide will flood in the fullness of time, bringing fresh hope and life to the earth. Meantime, it's just a matter of passing time. That was John Curry passing time, and uh, before that we had John Oldershaw, Alan Gaunt, and that sequence started with me with my poem Doing the Cards. Next we go to uh, Caroline again, who is reading Sheila Parry's Nativity, followed by David Speed reading his own poem Garden Decorations for Christmas, and then Caroline reading Helen Hill's Jesus. Nativity by Sheila Parry from Love 30 Outside a cold wind blows its warning from a troubled world but in a thousand lighted halls kings still process in stately crowns yesterday's curtains rich brocaded gowns barefoot shepherds carry lambs Crooks held askew in towel-striped arms, while tinselled angels, white and smiling, straighten halos, point to where the star is guiding. Blue-gowned and gliding, Mary walks with Joseph that well-travelled way to lay her much-loved baby doll in soft and fragrant hay. For this one shining hour, we see our children in a Christmas light, and carry their brief innocence like candles flickering in the bleak and bitter night. Hi Kemmel, this is my garden decorations for Christmas. The snowman waits for the snow, the reindeer waits for the sleigh, the sleigh waits for Santa, Santa waits for the presents. The presents wait for goodwill. Goodwill waits for the baby who alone brings people out. What does the baby wait for? This poem's called Jesus and it's by Helen Hill from Snow Voices. Born of a single parent, stepdad in the wings, brought up to a trade he abandoned for more important things. He was a late developer who tried to change the world, redeem himself forever, go on to better things. Some wished he'd never been born, some wished that he were dead. Was he so very different? Was he all they said? Gabriel from heaven came. 
dream His wings as drifted snow, his eyes as flame Ah, here said he, thou holy maiden Mary Most highly favored lady Thou shalt be our generations, Lord, and honor thee. Thy son shall be Emmanuel, my sins foretold, most highly favored lady, Gloria. thing from his album If on a Winter's Night lots of lovely wintry things on that and Christmassy things we go to Caroline again who will be reading poems by George Horseman and John Clifford and in the middle of that you will hear a Matty Delaney with his own poem about the Christmas truce Yule Visitor by George Horseman Waiting for my daughter Rose to come and stay the night before she goes away to a Christmas less lonely than my own. I sit at my piano in the hall, fingers fumbling through gloom to unbury some long-lost chord of cheer, but all the time alert to catch her car drawing up. Partner not calling, never keen to meet someone for whom distrust sits always in the fleet aversion of eyes, the jumpy jest. And when an engine sounds from the eider-down of roadway snow, I leap to go out and welcome her. Till three-quarters risen, I sense behind me a sudden brightening, a burglar's torch, oxyacetylene. I turn towards the kitchen, not liking perplexity, and hurry through, wonder if it's a dusk-time light left on. But no... Like a daughter's coming in from the blitz amidst halo blur of snow, somehow I know it's a small fight back of the coming spring, a thief of evening sunshine breaking in. Christmas Eve by John Clifford from Poems from a Small Room Is the town magic? Does it really glow warm in the cold light of the winter day? 
Does this sad sunlight really leap so gay out from the windows, up from the trodden snow? Does our harsh northern talking really flow here like a tender song? In some strange way, these small hard streets stream through my heart today and whisper to me songs I used to know. For this is childhood Christmas town to me. Shop windows glisten like a child's eyes, surprised in joy, and round each corner lies the road to home and love. But I can see, so would be any town, in any land, were I to walk there with you, hand in hand. I haven't got a title for it, I guess I'll just call it The Christmas Truce. 1914, the Christmas truce. Football games played in the biggest boots. Where there was no ball, they kicked old tins once filled with food. Didn't matter too much about win or lose because they were all in this together. This rings true. Germans, French and British too, singing unison to the tune of Silent Night. In a few days, both sides advanced more than any other time during the four-year eternity that amassed. Once barren, but now where the poppies stand, off they went over the top of sandbags stacked as if they were heading to Christmas Mass. For these few days, this was every man's land. They placed down their blazers for goalposts, like kids in their youthful innocence on the playground during break times, being careful not to kick the ball into the barbed wire mesh which protruded the trenches like thorny hedges. Reveling in their playfulness, they all dreamed of making it. All along the western front they left the guns for festive fun. After all, twas the season. Only the possibility of an own goal, no such thing as treason. No swearing allegiance to Kaiser or Kingdom that tells them the other side is trying to take their territory, when most of them have and never will taste such glory. Eating up these lies they feed them. As if when orders for rations come it takes away all reason. The only thing to believe in here is the beautiful game, and the level playing field it brings where everything is even. And for this moment, it's an at-the-time unborn Rastaman humanitarian whose words I'm heeding. Football is freedom. Christmas 1917 by George Horseman They brought us cheaper wine this year, shamefaced at knowing its sourness. We gave them bully beef, and again they seemed gladder than the gift deserved. When at last they left, we let fifteen minutes crawl by, before the screams of their whiz-bangs, thump of our mill bombs, cracked the ear with familiar pain. If we saw the pinprick of a siglet in their trenches, we took a shot and pulled faces to be slaughtering those whose closeness and warmth half an hour since came from the heart, as a farmer butchers his cow, killing in friendship, hands red, weeping regret. There was no footy this year, and we asked each other, did the top brass know of our games? Or, safe in chateau two miles to the rear, were they engrossed in better wine than Jerry brought us, laundering the smother of mud, the leak of bile, the jet of blood flows in a clean cuffed round of cards? A Merry Christmas? Churchill comes over here to say we're doing splendidly But it's very cold out here in the snow Marching to and from the enemy Oh, I say it's tough, I have had enough Can you stop the cavalry?
say, oh yes, yet again, can you stop the cavalry? Mary Bradley waits at home in the nuclear fallout zone. Wish I could be dancing now in the arms of the girl I love. Wish I was at home for Christmas Bang, that's another bomb on another town While there's R and Jim FT If I get home, lift up, tell the tale I'll run for all presidencies If I get elected, I'll stop Jonah Louie with Stop the Cavalry. And before that you heard Caroline Wilson reading poems by George Horseman and John Clifford and Matty Delaney with his own poem about the Christmas truce. Our next batch of poems then comes from uh, Maureen Weldon and Paul Beach uh, from the archive. And we have Caroline again reading... Uh, a poem, well, an ancient poem, may I say, Phil, from Phil Pitchford, um, from uh, a, a very old Chester Poets book, back in the 1980s, I believe, uh, or even 70s, no, it's from the 70s, this one, and um, also she's going to start with another of George Horseman's poems, I'll let her introduce it, here she is. Thank you, Letter, by George Horseman. Desire to thank the gods after emerging from long illness comes from a wanting to make personal, to have someone to bless. Gratitude doesn't come sliced and reasonable, wrapped in bright glass, an unfingerprinted space of crystal sunshine, but in a caveman huddle to the fire of human warmth. And so this New Year morning, alone with a daughter's present and spatter of my three cards, the holly now and feast days gratefully dead. I repent past jibes at animism. My thanks are true, undimmed by lack of any to give them to. Like soap bubbles. Winter, like soap bubbles in a washing up bowl. This will not last. This cup, 
that plate, the garden reflecting in my eye, or my lover, who used to hold my heart, who has a golden tongue, a gift for music. I brushed his body with my long brown hair. It was Christmas then. It is Christmas now. Green crates of decorations, bottles of wine, flickering candles. I see them on my kitchen window, mirrored in fairy lights, and parcels of secrets. From the hall, three little boys are singing "Silent Night" to the rhythm of their money box. Now my daughter shuts the door. The sound goes round and round. In the sink, the suds have sunk. In the centre, a star. This one is based on、um, observations、uh, walking beside the Shropshire Union Canal, the Shroppy as it's affectionately known,、um, on Boxing Day 2010. It's、um, a hyben, so it's a short piece of prose with a haiku to follow. Subzero. It's Boxing Day noon, and down the Shroppy, a mile below Bunbury. A solitary narrowboat lies trapped against the bank in ice and snow. The boatman, a cheery soul, chops logs. Only the fragrant wood smoke from his boat stove mars the dazzling white. Now a large hare scurries, skidding, over the frozen canal, with a buzzard in pursuit. They vanish from view, but a thin cry will plague our snuggling boatman until taken by a good malt, curtains drawn. In the golden glow of a log fire, jugged hare is served. Amen. As Christmas fades, by Phil Pitchford from Chester Poets Four. Christmas festivities, New Year kisses, and resolutions fade. Nine till five looms too near on the horizon. Repetition and destruction of your imagination await you on the crowded platform of the underground. Christmas was a relief, a straw to a drowning man, but now, as your lungs fill with society's pollution, you cough, beg your pardon. And smile at the boss. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. To go away. Oh, baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been. Been hoping that you drop in. So、it. very nice. I'll hold your hands, 
They're just like the ice. The weather will start to worry. Beautiful, watch your heart. The father will be pacing the floor. Listen to that fireplace so really, I'd better scurry. Oh, beautiful, please don't hurt. Or maybe just a half Why a drink more. Why don't you put some records on while I pour? The neighbors might think. Oh, baby, it's bad out there. Say what's in this street. But there's no caps to be had out there. Like I'll take your hat, your hair looks swell. I want to say no, 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 Mind sir. If I move a little At close. least there will be, ooh, that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. Our bodies The answer is no You know it's cold outside This welcome has been I'm lucky that you dropped so in So nice and warm Look out the window And that's gone My sister will be suspicious Oh, your lips look delicious My brother will be there at the door Like waves upon a tropical shore Ooh, your lips are delicious. Or maybe just a cigarette. Never such a blizzard. I got to go home. Oh, baby, you would freeze out there. Shall I need a cold? You know it's up to your knees out there. You've really been great. I swear when you touch my hand. Tom Jones and Keris Matthews with Baby It's Cold Outside. It's getting cold inside with this window open, but still, <laughs> here we are. A final collection of poems read by Caroline now. Uh, not the final poem, we've still got a little more to go, but the final collection of poems will be George Horseman, Sheila Parry and Mike Penny. In that order, here is Caroline. Time Warp by George Horseman Lunch with my daughter that still Christmas day went on past five. Daylight was fading in the elms above the house eaves as we sipped a home-mauled brew, almost in silence, solitary too, severed by age under the holly spray, hung up for festive times that weren't our way. At last, slipping away, I felt a shift of time, a transference from my dusk to her day, a baton passed to another runner. 
But on the path, snow-crusted after last night's storm, it wasn't that that stopped me, but a moving form, small, shaggy, padding silent by the fence. A fox! He seemed unfazed to see me watching, not defiant, merely casual as any creature wholly safe in that built street from gun, trap, poison or hound, lolloping home, planning to turn in early. And once more time slipped gear, as night stole arctic fingers through the town. This was a future age, a white dwarf year of the sun's waning and of ebbing life all over this spent planet. What remained were only nighttime's creatures, accustomed to lair, burrow and dark earth, a handing over, and the farthest reaches of what man left seemed only some such faith as that of father and daughter, growing faint as age waned and words faltered, yet fixed upon us like a mark from birth, stronger than any dying sun could alter. This poem's called Christmas Memories by Sheila Parry and it's from the collection by Chester Poets called Snow Voices. I hate Christmas. My mother echoed Scrooge as Santa Claus still battled through war-torn skies at night and Dad used fragrant wood and love to make the toys they couldn't buy. Years later, when my own small sons lay washed and polished, round as apples, fighting sleep with eyes fast falling shirt, we crept on slippered feet to place fat pillow slips beside each bed. How tired we were and how content. The tree still glitters, tinsel twinkles and the holly glows. Hiding my gift-wrapped secrets is not difficult with no small prying hands and eyes to search out signs. A spice-filled kitchen feeds each memory, but there's a star-shaped space where Christmas used to be. Midwinter Light by Mike Penny from Snow Voices Fable of the night, you burn remote, jewel of zenith, sapphire of light, latent. We are your image, your blueprint's shape. The storybook foretells your birth, your coming, at midnight's nape, the darkest hour, the shadowed gate. Your flame descends, conceives, timeless opal, fall to our manger, a flame awake, radiant child from lofty space.
That was the strobes with shine on silver sun over the last few years it's become almost a tradition here on poetry roundup to play this next poem written by pam moyle and read by a rather young alicia mosley so if she's listening or certainly if her grandmother is listening this will embarrass certainly certainly it'll embarrass alicia i know that now um, but here she is from some years back has anyone seen our snowman by pam moyle and read by alicia mosley has anyone seen our snowman he was here outside our block we all made him we want him back He's taller than us, without legs. He can't have gone far. His eyes are two lumps of coal from a closed Yorkshire mine George's dad lent them. He's got the small nose of an imported baby carrot. A hammered's dad said we should have given him a grown-up one that had burrowed and sniffed the earth. He supports England. He's wearing Abdul's red and white bobble hat and scarf. We didn't know what to call him. Rosie's mum said we should be democratic. We giggled it. At first he was named Ahmed, George, Rosie, Abdul, Patrick, Manisha, Heidi, Zareka. Manisha's mum said he, it was too long. Someone thought we might name him after God because the snow was from up there. At school we asked Mr Thomas what religion will he be? Christian, 
Hindu? Jewish? Muslim? He wasn't sure, but he felt it would be something multicultural. We googled it. If you, if you do see him, we decided to call him God. <laughs> yes, Alicia Mosley reading Pam Moyle's poem, Has Anyone Seen Our Snowman? It's been a right peculiar year, and in 1956 this next recording was made, and I think it's a poignant reminder of things, and, and it's more suitable now than it ever was before, so uh, please bear with me a little. It's the only thing for me. I've tried walking sideways and walking to the front, but people just look at me and say to Papa Tristan, I'm walking backwards for Christmas to prove that I love you. An immigrant lad loved an Irish colleen from a Dublin's Galway boy. He longed for her arms, but she spurned his charms, and she sailed all the form away. She left the land by himself on his own, all alone, sorrowing. And sadly he dreamed. Or at least that's the way it seemed, buddy, that an angel quiet to him, an angel quiet did the same. I'm walking backwards for Christmas across the Irish. It's the finest thing for me. And so I've tried walking sideways and walking to the front. But people just laughed and said, it's a publicity stunt. So I'm walking backwards for Christmas to prove that I love you. And for an encore... Hey, I, I didn't think much of that. I think that my side was better. Get that child out of here. 
That was the Goons with I'm Walking Backwards for Christmas. You've been listening to Poetry Roundup on Vintage Radio, brought to me, brought to you by Camel Horton. See, I'm still walking backwards here. <laughs> Have a wonderful Christmas and we'll see you in the new year. This Poetry Roundup Christmas special is the second part of a programme that was originally broadcast on the 23rd of December 2020. information about the programme or if you'd like to contribute either by sending me poems or, or perhaps even discuss the idea of doing a featured poem you can always get in touch with me my contact details are on my website camelhorton.com k-e-m-a-l-h-o-u-g-h-t-o-n and I will be happy to hear from you In the meantime, it's a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us here at Vintage Radio.